on time to talk sports with raw mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds? From press box to sideline, who got cut, who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine? These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship, you gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like Ryan. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime. Time. Got the game statistics. I could say, if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now Raw Mind Sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close like a coach's assistant. You want to be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is Raw Mind Sports, another edition. Welcome to another edition of Raw Mind Sports on your host, Ryan Jones. And I got a little something different today, man. I got the PA announcer for the Minnesota Timberwolves, Sean Parker here today. Sean, how are you? Man, I am blessed and highly favored and raised by the Wolves. I got to use that hashtag this year. <laughs> that's, that's our team hashtag this year, raised by the Wolves. <laughs> man, that's pretty cool, man. As you can see, he already has the energy for the show, man. So, um. We can ask him a few questions about, you know, him being the PAA announcer and some other things about some fun facts, you know. So, um, Sean, let's let's talk about where were you born and raised at? Uh, so I uh, I was uh, born in uh, Southwest Virginia, uh, oh. down in uh, down in Bedford, Virginia. So, oh. yeah, I, I'm from the south. <laughs> <laughs> I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, we we moved uh, to the DC area when I was five years old. Um, oh. So I was raised in the, in the DC area. Um, grew up about 10 minutes from the old Capitol Center where the, where the Bullets and Capitals used to play. Um, so, uh, and I call, even though I am in Minnesota, you know, I am DMV for life. I always tell people that uh, you can take the guy out of the DMV, but you can't take the DMV out of the guy. So. You know, <laughs> I definitely uh, get, it. I definitely get it, man. And um, definitely, I got a lot of family from that area as well. On my granddaddy's side from D DMV area, a lot of people from Southeast DC, Northwest, Alexandria, uh -huh. Austin Hill. So you probably familiar okay. with all that stuff. Oh man, I I lived about 10, 15 minutes from Austin Hill before I moved up here. Oh man, that's that's nice. And, and I went and I went to Suitland High School. So, oh, there boy. we go. Yeah, you definitely. Did. <laughs> so, so like, tell me about the DC life growing up there, and um, like, what was it? What were the challenges, or if there was like compared to in your childhood that you always thought there were challenges that you want to make sure you get addressed out here for the other you? Sure, man. So, uh, you know, despite all of my flashy ties and shoes and whatnot, I, I uh, <laughs> you know, I did, I did not grow up rich. Um, you know, we were. We were probably, you know, lower middle income uh, family growing up uh, in the suburbs. I grew up in Prince George's County. A lot of people know the name Prince George's County, um, but uh, I grew up in PG County. And, you know, we, the challenges that we had are the same challenges that a lot of people had. You know, it's like, uh, you know, my parents worked uh, long hours for not enough pay. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was the only child, so my parents made sure that I got everything that I needed and wanted. And, uh, you know, I, I just lived, a, I lived the average life growing up, just, uh, you know, 
uh, out in the street, you know, playing basketball on the playground, playing football, you know, out in the field and, and baseball and everything, and, uh, and and just living that good life. And, of course, being a huge uh, pro wrestling fan when I was growing up, too. So. Who your favorite wrestler? Oh, wow. All time. You know what? All time, it's a tie between Ric Flair and Dusty Rhodes. Oh, boy, yeah. You took I, me I, back, man. I, I know I, about I, them. See, I love the dudes that can, that can talk on the mic. So if you're a talker, I absolutely love you. So Flair, Rhodes, um, you know, John Cena and, yeah. uh, you know, Hogan, Stone Cold, The Rock, you know, those guys, those are the ones I gravitate to because, as, as Jim Cornette says, they can talk them into the building. And, and that's what right. you want. So. Right, right. That's the perfect voice you need in that. So um, after, after high school, from suiting high school, man, I know you've probably seen a lot of athletes come through that, that area. Um, <laughs> what was your afterlife after that? Like, what did you do? I mean, what school or what did you do? Yeah, yeah. So, um, so actually, when I was in uh, – so I, I studied uh, television production uh-huh. when, um, when I was in uh, high school. Uh, I went to a visual and performing arts high school, uh, Suitland High School, VPA. So I, I studied TV production. And actually, before that, funny story how I actually got into doing, you know, journalism and being behind the mic and everything. Oh, wow. Got to take it all the way back to second grade. And I was in second grade class. I never forget this, Mr. Shashini's class. And I loved that class. And, and you know, I was pretty smart when I was younger. And so I did my work. I finished my work before everybody. And I would start talking to everybody in the class. I would just uh, talk about whatever. And so he didn't want to give me detention, but he needed his class in line. So what he did is he sent me out of the room and he sent me down to the closed circuit TV that we had in school. His, his friend, another teacher was running that. And so I went down there, hung out. Somebody asked me something about the news because I was reading the newspaper. And so I read it and they were like, you're pretty good. You want to read the news for us? I'm like, okay. And so my love of like journalism and being behind the mic and everything started there. And so I just kept that going through middle school, high school, graduated from Suitland, went to the University of Maryland, College Park, um, studied broadcast journalism there. Uh, several people in my class went on to, you know, to do some, some good stuff around the country. Uh, journalism-wise, uh, I had kind of decided, eh, probably junior, senior year, mm-hmm. that I didn't want to be the reporter that I originally set out to be, uh-huh. because I, you know, I just decided I didn't want to stick a microphone in somebody's face and ask them about, you know, their, you know, their parent or somebody that just died or their house right. was burnt down and was like, tell me about, you know, blah blah. blah. So I kind of got away from that for, you know, for years. And then a few years ago, I decided I wanted to get back into um, doing something in sports. And I was like, well, I don't know if, it, if I don't know if I want to go back to, to square one and do the, uh, uh, you know, sports anchoring or trying to be a sports reporter and whatnot. And I was right, like, what right. can I do? So I started researching and I was like, okay, PA announcing. That's something I never thought of. And so I got some good advice. Somebody was like, you know, if you want to get into it, volunteer at a local high school. They're always looking for people. So I started, I looked around and found a high school that I was looking for PA announcers for actually girls and boys basketball. I went, talked to their coaches, 
Oh, wow. They were like, okay, yeah, let's do this. And so I started, um, you know, doing PA announcing, uh, actually met who is now my best friend, uh, met him eight years ago. Uh, he was the girls basketball coach. And uh, ironically, he's also a professional DJ. Oh, so wow. actually, so I got into doing DJing oh, for like boy. weddings and parties and whatnot through him. Uh, and so, uh, so doing that, I started to get connected with people in the industry. So one of the people that I got connected with was the former PA announcer for the Wizards, uh, Ralph Wesley. And uh, so one day out of the blue, he called me, one of his clients, um, he had an event at George Washington University that he was doing. He couldn't do it. So he, they asked him, like, do you know anybody? He called me. I was like, yeah, I'll do it. So I did that event. The people at GW liked me. They wanted me to audition for their men's basketball job. I did it. I didn't make it. I finished in second, but they asked me to be a backup. And so I was like, okay. So I, you know, filled in for a few games. And then one of those games, the game manager was like, look, the volleyball job is open. It's yours if you want it. No auditioning, anything like that. I'm like, cool. So I had never done volleyball, but I did volleyball. And from there, it was like every coach that heard me wanted me to do their sport. So by the time I left GW, I was doing six sports. Whew. I, think I, I think I was doing everything but basketball. Wow. I did... I did, I did men's and women's soccer. I did softball. I did swimming and diving. Um, you know, I, I ooh, filled in. Ooh, ooh, I you filled, was a busy I, man. <laughs> I filled in for a gymnastics meet. I mean, that was, that was unique um, too. But, uh, you know, through all of that, I gained a lot of experience, a lot of game experience, uh, dealt with a lot of scenarios and, you know, on, you know, things happen. So technical difficulties and, and all of that. Right, right. Um, also got exposed to um, one of the jobs that Ralph helped me get was PA announcer for the women's pro football team in hey. DC. And I'm not, and we're not talking lingerie. We're talking the full contact you know, <laughs> deal uh, that DC had. And so I was there. Yeah, because you have to differentiate. Because some people, are right, being, right, some right. people are like, oh, you're doing women's football? It must be that lingerie stuff. I'm like, yeah, nah. yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. they 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 putting on the pads and they are hitting. They hitting each other. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I did that. Um, I was with them for four seasons, and then while I was in D.C., I just started looking around, started um, googling to mm -hmm. see if there were any sport professional sports teams that were looking for PA announcers. You know, because every now and then auditions will come up. So it just so happened there were three NBA teams at the same time that were looking for PA announcers. Hmm. Uh, the Brooklyn Nets, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, oh, wow. so, I, so I found out about Brooklyn's audition the day of. So I was like, there's no way in the world I'll be able to get up to Brooklyn or even put something together to submit to them. So I kind of brushed that off. Right. Uh, so we're down to Memphis Grizzlies, Minnesota Timberwolves. I emailed Memphis. Nobody reached out to me. Ironic part about that is, is that my then girlfriend, now wife, lived in Nashville. So that would have been perfect. Uh, I could have just that was that was a night that would have been already. Nice, so yeah, do no moving, none of that extra stuff. Nope. You was already there, like it's just there. I'd have been set. 
Yeah. But they didn't email me back. But the Timberwolves emailed me back. They said they had an audition slot available. So um, I found out later I could have submitted uh, a tape or I could have submitted uh, an MP3 to them uh, for the audition. But at the time, I was like, you know what? I've never been to Minnesota. Let me fly up there. So I, I flew up to Minnesota on my dime, uh, went through the first round of auditions. They had a three-round audition process. And uh, my wife always tells me to cut this story down because I, I get long-winded. Long story <laughs> short, <laughs> long story short, I went through three rounds and over 400 people tried out. Whew. And they ended up picking me, and I am wow. just—I am incredibly grateful and blessed uh, that that happened. Four hundred people, and over four over four hundred people. The top of the mountain. That's right. Wow, that's that's crazy. That's right. And uh, they were they were looking for a big, a big sound. They were looking for a big voice. Uh, the way that they explained it to me, actually, the first round audition. I'm sitting there. And uh, they, you know, they, they have the, the audition script. I'm sitting in the arena. I'm sitting in Excel uh, Energy Center because Target Center was still being renovated. Right, um, right. So I'm sitting in Excel. And so they asked me to read this, the script that they had. So I read it through, very professional. And they were like, okay, Sean, that was a nice read. Everything was professional. We heard you clearly and whatnot. But this is a new era of Timberwolves basketball. We're looking for a new energy a new excitement we're looking for um you know that kind of you know we've got new uniforms new logo the whole nine renovated target center we're looking for that big energy you know like that guy in detroit and I'm like, <laughs> so literally so i'm sitting there and and now i know for they your podcast, hit you with, they hit you they I, hit you in the wrong in that wrong spot like hold hold right wait, wait a minute now I, now I know for your podcast you, you said we're on audio but you can see me as we're talking right so right I'm sit, I'm, so i'm sitting there like all straight and you know professional answering questions and they said you know like that guy in detroit and i literally did i literally slumped in the seat and did like <laughs> this i'm like oh you mean mason and they were like yeah the, yeah the guy mason in detroit I said, okay, no problem. He told me, I want you to do the starting lineup again. And no matter how weird it feels, we just want you to just, with everything you have, maximum volume, maximum energy, we want to see what you have. I said, okay. And I sat there, and they were like, whenever you're ready. I sat there, I bowed my head, I closed my eyes. We went to another zone. You went to a exactly. zone, didn't you? <laughs> exactly. Took a deep breath and just, ah, and just, it just let it out. And afterwards, they were like, Sean, thank you very much. Uh, I'm sure somebody's going to be in touch with you. Oh, and they said, I'm sure somebody's going to be in touch with you. And it went from, yeah. we'll, we'll let you know, we'll see you. The literal words were, we, we know someone is going to be in touch with yep. you. I know yep. you want to like, yeah, I got the job. Yeah, this and, and my and my boss later told me, he said, when you walked out of that arena on that first night, that was your job to lose. Everybody else that came after you had to beat you. And I was like, Oof. wow. I'm like, really? 400 and people? That's 399 people. Well, you said right. you said all together, including you 400, right? 400, over 400 people. And there were there were radio people up here. There were TV people up here. 
there were, you know, that were auditioning. And because I saw little news clips where they announced up here um, that, uh, that the job was open. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm sitting back. I don't know all of this. I'm sitting back just kind of waiting, just kind of waiting. But I had that feeling. Like when I came up here for the final interview, final interview, final recording, when I walked out, I just had that feeling that settled in my spirit. Like, I feel like that's my job. And I feel like if anybody beats, if anybody else gets the job, they're going to have to beat me to get it. And, and that's, that's how it was. And so I'm just incredibly grateful. You know, the, the thing I love about the, the PA announcer community, um, and, it, and it's a small community because I have PA announcers from high school, college, reaching out to me, you know, asking for advice, tips, and whatnot. Right. The thing I love about our community, there's no ego. You know, we're, you know, we're sit we might be behind the mic, and I tell people I have one of the best seats in the house. I mean, I'm sitting at half court on the court for NBA game. People are paying thousands of dollars for right, a ticket, right, right, right. and they're paying me <laughs> to sit there and to watch the game. But there's so you, no ego. So you you don't just do just starting lineups. You also do the whole game of the team scores and all that stuff. Oh yeah, you are, I, I, yeah. All. I'm that when when you're in the arena. I'm that guy. Call Anthony Towns. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm that guy. As I tell people, uh, my job description. I'm the idiot you hear screaming all night. So I know. Uh, so uh, before you even got the job, before you even knew it, like. Mm-hmm. Once you got that plane, because you said you went to um on your own dime to Minnesota, coming from the D.C. area, mm-hmm. what did you first say? Did you say, I don't know if I want to move to Minnesota or that, but did you say it was too cold? <laughs> I mean, okay, like, so oh. here's the thing. So <laughs> the first time I flew up here, um, I got suckered in. Because here's the thing about Minnesota. People don't realize. They just, they assume cold. During the, it is gorgeous up here during the summer. It is beautiful. You know, temps in the 80s, um, you know, there's low humidity. Um, when they say Minnesota, when they say Minnesota is the land of 10,000 lakes, that's not true. There are over 11,000 lakes. In uh, hey, hey. <laughs> so, so this is an outdoor community. People are outdoors all year round. They are out biking and boating and swimming and fishing. And even during the winter, they're ice fishing and they're out skiing and snowboarding and, and snowmobiling. I mean, this is an outdoor uh. state. So the first time I'm, I flew up here was in August, the middle of the summer. So it was gorgeous. And I was like, <laughs> oh, wow, this is, this is nice. And then in the back of my head is January and February are coming. It's <laughs> You know it's gonna be cold, <laughs> um, but that that was my first impression. My first impression was it's gorgeous. The people up here are very nice. Um, you know they're very nice. They're very friendly. Um, and my impressions of the organization. And I tell people all the time. Historically, the Timberwolves haven't had you know historically the best results on the court, but the people that work for this organization. Right are wonderful i love them to death and my best friend and i sitting up uh he i told you he's a basketball coach huge nba fan he's a huge lakers fan um and not one of those bandwagon fans he's been i got you 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 
we were sitting down talking one day, and he said, if somebody had told us five years ago that you were going to be an NBA PA announcer, and you could pick any NBA city that you wanted to go to, it was your choice. He said, Minnesota wouldn't have been at the top of the list, would it have been? And I said, H no. I said, Minnesota would have been at the bottom, would have been in the bottom five. Are you kidding me? You know, and I rattled off seven jobs, seven, you know, NBA PA announcer jobs that were like my top seven. Yeah. But I said, now that I'm here. You made the best choice. I, I, I love it. And as a matter of fact, one of those seven jobs came open in the last year and a half. Oh, boy. And, I, and, and, I'll, and, and I'll say it because it's my hometown. The Washington Wizards job came open. Oh, man. Oh, and man. A friend, and a PA announcer friend of mine messaged me on Facebook and said, Sean, are you going to audition for the Wizards job? And in intimating that if I was, he wasn't. Because he was like, I'm just not going. And I said, no. I said, I'm home. I said, I'm, I'm here in Minnesota, and I'm home. And so this is, this is going to be home for a minute. I don't know how long, you know, however long God wants me to be here. But, uh, but it's home. And I love the people. I am now, you know, fully invested in the Timberwolves, and, and I want us to win. You know, I tell people that I have two goals, two professional goals as a PA announcer of the Timberwolves. I want to announce an NBA All-Star game, and I want Mike Breen on ESPN ABC uh-huh. to kick it over to me for game one of the NBA Finals. And now we send it over to our public address announcer, Sean Parker. Yeah, 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 Mike Breen. Starting lineup. I, and I told him, and I met Mike Breen. He came here for uh, a Timberwolves game, and I told him that that was one of my dreams. And he said, well, let's see if we can't make that a reality for you. And so just all the experiences that I've had yeah. uh, in the NBA have just been wonderful. The people that I've met, you know, have been awesome. And, you know, it, it's just been great. And I, read, and I figured that, too, because I'm saying to myself, like, even though this is different from the regular on the court, but, like, announcing is matters, like, the voice matters. It brings a different type of energy to a, a team or to an arena. Like, even what you were saying, you're making me want to come to Minnesota right now. Because, look, <laughs> that's it, my type of stuff. Cold weather, outside boating, outside life. I mean, uh-huh. I love it. You know, so, I mean, that's, that's always been me naturally. Now, you got me, like, man, it feels good. And it's crazy because I have a person down in my area that, um, that I'm very, very close with now. He's from mm-hmm. Minnesota. I don't know what, I can't remember the, the exact city of town, but mm-hmm. he's from the area and he always talks about Minnesota, how much he loves it. But you know, he had to come out here for business, his career. It made sense for his career. So that's mm-hmm. why he's here, you know, here in North Carolina, actually. So, uh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, so um, I'm all South, but, uh, but yeah, but so, yeah. Like, so he mm-hmm. was on telling me everything, you know, not thinking about listening to you, your energy, the passion you have for it, man. Like it, man. That's that's powerful. Coming from DC, Chocolate City, moving up yeah. to that type of environment, it's I can. I'm pretty sure it's more peaceful because I know <laughs> it has a, a crowded air, and I love it. I love everything. I love everything about DMV, DC. Uh-huh. But I'm just saying, the air you in, it, it seems like yeah. it brings you a different type of energy. Like gives you that that fresh air. Like okay, I'm here. You know. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that I said when I when I moved up here and noticed that I'm, you know, driving around, 
Um, one thing that I don't miss is DC traffic because <laughs> the traffic up here, like they talk about traffic jams and heavy traffic up here, and I'm like, oh, this is a breeze Got compared it, to compared to being in DC. Oh my goodness! I used to, I lived before I left there. My last job before I moved up here, I lived seven miles from my job, and my job was two blocks from the White House. I lived seven miles from my job, it took me an hour and 20 minutes every day to get to work because of traffic. Y'all hear that, people? Be grateful where you live at. Be grateful for where you live. That's right. (laughs) That's right. But I just want, I I wanted to uh, say something to you because you were talking about uh, the the energy, um, you know, that's in the building. And and that's important because, um, you know, fans go to an arena for, they go for the game, right? but they also go for the experience. Um, because I, I don't think uh, people realize when they go to a sporting event, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, hockey, they don't have any idea of how much is involved in putting an event together. It's not just rolling the ball out on the court and firing up a few cameras and, and there you go. Right. I mean... Because when you go to a basketball game, you're talking about, and, and you've, I'm sure you've been to NBA games, so yeah. you're talking about the halftime entertainment. Right. Somebody's got to book that and put that together. You're talking about all of the, the fan giveaways. They're throwing T-shirts, and they're, and they're right. giving away content, you know, they have contest giveaways and whatnot. They, they, you know, people in suits rolling out on the court with big checks given to, right. to organizations, to charity organizations, all of that is coordinated within the organization and 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 to put all of that together my my bosses who run the game i always say i have no idea how they do this because they don't want headset they are coordinating the lights and they are cueing the dancers and they're cueing these people to come on court they are they are everything that is not basketball related that person is running on the headset, and I have—I missed a game once um, because I wasn't feeling well. But I, I was well enough to go to the game, and my boss gave me a headset. And I was on headset for that game. There were four people in my head at one time, and I'm like, "How do y'all do this?" <laughs> Just put me back down there at the table with my little mic. <laughs> Don't give me a headset. Just go ahead and give me my cues, and I'm good. Um, so I have mad respect for the people in the organization that put all of that together. Um, it, it is truly a complex organization. And I encourage any fan that goes into the arena during timeouts, just kind of look around and see what's going on in the arena and, and, and think to yourself, who put all this together? Right, right. It's a bunch of hardworking people that do it. And, and I have the utmost respect for them. And definitely, without them, the show don't go home. I mean, Absolutely. <laughs> that's what makes the show, and I agree with that. But uh, I'm going to hit you with one quick question before we um, conclude the, um, the show today. Uh, can the Washington football team beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? So you know you're a D.C. guy, so I'm pretty sure you know. I am. I, I tell people all the time, I'm a D.C. everything, so I still root for all of my D.C. teams, except when the Wizards come to Target Center. Ah, uh, you got to, yeah, I understand. Business, That's business. That. That's business, <laughs> business. Um, but, <laughs> but um, you know what? They absolutely do. First of all, 
Um, Washington has one of the best young defenses in the league. Um, you know, they, they've got some things to improve on on the offensive side of the football and defensively as well. But they got their defense. And you know the saying, defense wins championships. Right. So anything is possible. I mean, did, did we think the Giants would beat the Patriots that year they went undefeated and had Randy Moss? Right. No. Right. The Giants, right. They walked into Arizona and they walked out with a ring. So yep. it's possible. Anything is possible. You got that right. Okay, so here you go. I'm going to say 24-23, Washington. Oh, okay. First round. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) But, man, Sean Parker, man, I'm grateful for you, man. Have you on the show, the podcast today, man. Hey, anytime. Anytime, my friend. And I appreciate anybody who's listening to this. Whatever time you listen to this, day, night, morning, I appreciate you. Yeah, and please, uh, one more. Let me let me plug myself. Hit me yeah. up on it on Instagram, Twitter, main event voice, all one word, main event voice. I love talking to people. Ask me any questions you want. I told you beforehand, I'm an open book, so um, you know I open the book up for you and, and let's do it. Absolutely, and I apologize, but that's I'm supposed to tell you to plug that in. That was my fault. Yes, that's all right. That's raw all raw right. thoughts, raw mind. <laughs> <laughs>